Well, aloha, ohana. How's it going? I am glad to be here this morning, and uh, I kind of have the morning off. So if you're a first-time guest with us, I'm not really doing anything. So come and say hi to me. Come chat with me. I'm just hanging out, and... Um, and uh, we have a guest speaker doing all the work this morning, so um, we're glad for all of that. But seriously, if you're here for the first, second, or third time, I'd love to get to know you, to chat with you. I'll be around. And, um, and so our special guest speaker, his name is Rick Harville. He uh, was a Los Angeles Lakers chaplain from the Showtime era, so in the, era, uh, the 80s all the way to about a few years ago, so through Kobe and Gasol era and all those championships. And um, I, I, I told him, as he makes, you better tell some stories. And so, so he's agreed to do that. And, um, and, and I, I met Rick first five years ago um, and when I was at the campus pastor at Hope International University and brought him in to speak, and we just developed a, a friendship. And one of the things I appreciate about Rick is he's like, like, the most, he's Mr. Encourager. He'll, he'll call, like for years he's been doing this. He'll call, hey, Brian, how's it going? Good. Hey, how's the family? Good. Hey, what can I be praying for? And tell him, all right, brother, I'm praying for you. Bye. Like a two-minute phone call. That's like the perfect guy conversation. I'm just saying, like, like he knows what's going on. I love it. And, uh, and, and, and this is true, and that's true too, but this is true as well. When I think of a, a pastor, there are a few people who come to my mind. I think of the pastor I learned under when I was just an uh, intern, and then I think of uh, uh, someone like Joe Grana, who was here a month ago or so, and I also think of Rick Harville um, as a pastor just because their heart, their love just exudes um, the love of Christ. And uh, he, Rick is here because he's uh, participating in a basketball clinic up at a Calvary Travel. Uh, Chapel Pearl Harbor, and I'm like, oh, you're going to be on island? I'm like, oh, you're speaking here then. <laughs> and he goes, all right. So with all that said, let's welcome Rick Harville. Are you sure you're clapping? <laughs> How you guys doing this morning? Okay. Uh, it's a joy to be here, and uh, like Brian said, um, for the last, I believe, 15 years, we come to the island, do basketball camp to teach kids how to play basketball. But most important thing is to share the love of Jesus Christ. As God has given all of us gifts, and I think that's my only gift. Um, but uh, <laughs> are you using your gifts that God has given you to promote the gospel? Not to preach people to death, but God has gifted each and every one of us. And I, I hope that you would use your gifts that God has given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I ask that you would bless your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that we may be encouraged by you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to say something. He said he's my friend, right? <laughs> he gave me one of the toughest passages to speak on, the, the tongue. Okay, so great friend, Brian. You are. Uh, the message is really, um, it's encouraging, but most of all, it was encouraging to me, first of all, getting into the Word, and I didn't understand until I did the study how much the Lord talks about our speech in the Bible. Let's turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. 
I got a question. Who are, who are these people sitting way in the back? They must be Clipper fans, right? Way in the back there. You, you got to stay back there. Clipper fans, my goodness. I, I remember doing, doing chapel one day, I, I made a big mistake. Um, I was leaving the house, and my daughters looked at me, and they, first of all, they said, where are you going? Uh, I said, I'm going to do chapel. They said, what? You going where? I said, to do chapel. See, the Lakers were playing the Boston Celtics that day. I messed up. I had a green shirt on. I had to come back and change my shirt because you, you, you guys know uh, Boston and the Lakers go a long, long way. Okay, chapter 3, book of James. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive the stricter judgment. And what was going on here during this time that as the church was growing, that everybody wanted to come up to be the pastor. And he's, James is saying, hey, there's a stricter judgment for you who want to stand before people to teach or preach the truth. And uh, that's very important because you want people like your pastors here that know God personally who want to speak the word truthfully, and who, who do not fear men. And, you know, I love to go to a church like that. A person that's going to teach the truth, stand by the truth, and live the truth. That person is not perfect. See, my wife is not here to service, so she would tell on me. But, uh, <laughs> but this is what they're saying. And... Jesus says something that really, uh, in Matthew 12, 35, 36, he says this. But I say to you that, you that for you, every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account for it on the day of judgment. That's a heavy statement. Not only for pastors. Every idle word that we say, God, we will have to give an account for now, I was thinking about marriages, how the husband and wife, they go at it, and sometimes the words that come out are harmful, and they hurt, and they cut to the heart, especially men. We need to watch our speech with our wives. Then we have kids, grandkids that are listening. But the great thing about God, he's a God of grace, God of mercy. All we have to do is repent and walk on with our lives. But a lot of times we're so angry, we don't want to do that. I, I learned. Uh, I, was going, I was at the chapel. I was at the uh, arena. I was getting ready to do my Bible study. But something was, was getting on my, was just bothering me. You know what I had to do? I had to go and call my wife and say, I'm sorry. And then I was able to get on with the word of God. Verse, bless you, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, 
able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, whatever the pilot desires. The horses put bits in their mouths and you can turn them. The big old ships that I see out, out here, little rudders. But think about the tongue. The tongue weighs about 2.5 ounces. It is, it is used to swallow, taste, help us with our speech, with all good and necessary things. The tongue, a powerful, powerful tool that the Lord has given us. I thought about that. He gave us two ears and one mouth. One of, one of them is the other way around. Man, that, that's heavy to think about what the Lord is saying. We use our tongue to brag, to want to have a name for ourselves, name for our business, even a name for our church. We use it to brag. See, uh, I remember when I first started the Lakers, I... I left early. They were still playing the game. I came to, a, to the gas station, and uh, I was pumping my gas and heard all these people talking bad about the Lakers, you know. And I was getting mad, but, you know, that's all I can do is get mad. But <laughs> I heard them. So I remember when I got home, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? We're not going to tell nobody we do chapel. My head was big, but it was, it was going to get bigger. For 32 years, we never told anybody. That's how long I was able to do the chapel, for 32 years. And people called me, and I said, wow, how you know? How you know? And I'm so grateful to the Lord that kept me so long. So many people I'm able to speak to because of his grace. I know me. I would have been bragging boasting, because I'm not perfect. But the Lord kept me. The Lord wants to keep you. Because he's looking for people like you. Because we all work for the same God, the kingdom of God. Like I said earlier, use your gifts that the Lord has given you. But verse 5, here we go. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a whirl of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. It is set on fire by hell. Unrighteous speech that the enemy Satan uses and we obey him. Unrighteous speech that destroys families, destroys marriages, destroys churches. It's a little member that we gossip about people. We gossip about our family members. We gossip about our friends. tongue is 
dangerous. Dangerous. I, I believe it was about three or four months ago in uh, Sacramento, there was a fire. The city of paradise was destroyed. I think by one flame. Destroyed. Think about our speech. How we destroy people's character. And it's hard to, once you spew it out, it's hard to bring it back. The tongue is full, full of deadly poison. Our tongue can be used to, de to, devour, to devour, to lie, to deceit, backbite, gossip, to curse, to flatter, to destroy marriages, families, reputations. And like I said, oh, I told Friday. Friday was a cool group, so I can tell you guys the same thing. Uh, I grew up in South Central L.A., and I played basketball. And you guys know now in the NBA and most sports, it's, they talk trash, right? So when I grew up, we talked trash. It was real trash because we talked about people's mamas. When you talk about somebody's mother, when I grew up, you were in trouble. Now in the NBA, they talk trash, but they don't talk about people's mothers and fathers. And uh, I was pretty good at talking trash because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know nothing about Christ because my dad didn't want me to know nothing about Christ. My mother did, so there was always friction in my house. And I heard so much profanity, my, mom, my dad towards my mom. It, it, was, it was like a, uh, my daily life. But I didn't know that my dad was wrong. So I picked it up, playing basketball, blah, 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 until the day that the Lord saved me. I remember I was coming home from either a party or somewhere and without nobody talking to me, turned on my TV, it was a pastor speaking, and I'm just looking. Uh, at the end, he's, he's, this is what he said. He said, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You know, he's talking to the people. I wind up on my knees. And asking the Lord to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins, to change my life, I got up off my knees. I was a different person. Not perfect, different, different person. I love people. I, I just didn't know. I, you know, even it seemed like the birds, when I went outside, the birds were talking to me. It was just <laughs> a, a different life. It was different. And my love for people just, just grew. And I still have love for people. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. And if he saves someone like me, how much he wants to save you. And some of you have been walking with the Lord a long time. Now it has become a religious walk. It's not, no longer a personal relationship walk. You need to return back to your first love. Instead of, there are many people now, today is Sunday, many people going to different churches all over the place. They pick up their Bibles on Sunday, they won't pick up their Bibles again until next Sunday. And it's easy to talk about the, the speakers, and yet we're not feeding on the word ourselves. 
I wrote down here, uh, as I was doing this message preparing, I looked, at the, looked up at the TV and it was on CBS News, it was uh, talking about road rage, where these, uh, this guy, these two guys came into the gas station, and I guess they really got into it, right? One truck was leaving, another guy shot the truck, but he had um, like firecrackers and stuff in there, and it exploded. I believe it was, what, two, four people in the car, and the kids were burnt up and, and everything. And I thought about it, and I told my wife, and I told my, my daughters, if people, you know, when they drive, and especially in L.A., I said, just be cool, be cool, be cool. Because people are so angry. The rage that people have nowadays, and if you say something wrong, Man, you know, and it, see, I don't got older, so, I, you know, I, I'm a little bit more careful, but uh, I don't fear, man, because I know one day I'm going to die. Earthquake, oh, man, we had one. I know one day what's going to happen to me, but I know one thing about it. I know where I'm going. I know how I'm getting there. Do you know? Do you know that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life? Not the church, Jesus Christ. That's something we must know. And I wrote down some scriptures containing to the tongue. Let me read these to you. Psalms 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Psalms 39, 1. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Proverbs 10, 31. The mouth of the righteous bring forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. Psalms 34, 13. I say... I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. 1 Peter 3.10. He who would love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Colossians 4.6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Grace. Even when we have to speak to people in a stern way, but let it be filled with grace. That's how the Lord wants us to do it, with grace. Because sometimes we must speak in an authoritative way, in a tough way, but does it have grace behind it? Yeah. And the people will know. Yeah. You, you know, uh, they... They might, not, they might disagree with you or get mad, but they'll know something was different yeah. because of your speech. And I remember the first time I met Shaquille O'Neal, I was standing here. Well, Shaq is, what, was he 7'2", something like that? He's a big man. Um, so I was talking to someone, so I just started to back up, back up, back up. Boom, I hit a wall. But this wall had hands. I turned around, it was Shaquille. I thought, oh man, you know, hey, what's going on, Shaq? He walked by me, he said, yeah. He walked by, 
You know he has a size 22 foot, right? His, his shoe was like from here to about here. <laughs> and I, my speech was good when he walked by, but his feet were big. But uh, I just, you know, uh, really want to encourage you uh, in, the, in the word of God. And I would like to finish you up because Brian said, hey, my people don't like to, you to be late, so I won't let you be late. So. <laughs> Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of Deadly poison, which is with it, we bless our God and Father. With it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring set forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both Fresh water, no, excuse me, salt water and fresh. So what he's saying in conclusion concerning the, um, the tongue, he's saying this. It all begins with the heart walking daily under the guidance of, and control of the power of the Holy Spirit. Getting into the word of God daily so that it can transform the way we think and will ultimately change the condition of our heart. And change hearts can bring about godly tongue and speak godly things. God wants our hearts to be changed. He wants our walk to be pure daily. He knows that we will blow it. We ask ask for forgiveness of sin and continue to walk with him. The enemy is good. He gets us trapped and we don't want to talk to, we don't want to talk to people in church. We don't want to hear about the Bible. We don't want to talk to our wives, our husbands, because all we have to do is ask the Lord to forgive us. He wants to forgive us. Yeah. He, he, he sent Jesus to die for our sins. Yeah. He wants to forgive us. You know what? Because Jesus loves you as an individual person. As an individual person, he loves you. And he knows everything that we've said, everything that we've done, everything that we're going to do, and yet he loves us. Let me close with this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil things are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. And closing words, it's been just a pleasure being here to share with you. And like I said, uh, God dealt with me before he spoke to you because we serve this living and true God. God desires that you walk with him in truth. God desires that you use the gifts that he's given you. God desires that you know him personally. 
God's desire is not that you become religious. God's desire is that when you come in here, when you leave, you're the same person. A lot of people, you know, especially Christians, we know how to do it. You know, hey, you know, we know the, the terminology when we're around Christian folks. But how is it in our homes? Like I'm saying, there's no home perfect. Uh, excuse me, only Brian. But there's no, uh, there's no perfect home. But are we trying to glorify the Lord in our homes? Amongst our kids? grandkids. There's no one perfect but Christ, but he wants to give you his love, his peace, his joy. And God is so good. He is so good. He even forgive the Clippers. <laughs> and again, I want to thank you and just honor you. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. You are a good God. You are a mighty God. You love us, Lord God, and I pray, Father, that you would speak to my heart, my lips, God, that you would uh, help me to speak with grace. Father, thank you for this church. I ask that this church would be a blessing in the neighborhood, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, know that you are for real. You desire that we walk with you in truth. We walk with you in hope. We walk with you in peace because you are a great God. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen.